It came from Gen X. Hey, 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 welcome, welcome post. Happy Father's Day. This is It Came From Gen X. I am Keith Porter alongside Brian Fisher and Thumbelina himself. Welcome back, Mike Skinner. Hey. <laughs> What's going on, my brother? Hey, I'm uh, doing okay. Well, we... A little sore today, but we're uh, hanging uh, in there. We missed you last week, and for those of you who do not know, uh, Skinner wanted to see if he could cut his thumb off last week and put it back together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't quite work out, but uh, he's here with, what, nine or eight digits? I don't know, something like that. I actually have all ten yeah, digits. All ten. You want to tell the people what happened real shortly? Well, as you guys uh, had mentioned last week on the show, I am re- uh, redoing my basement, remodeling, and um, I was cutting a piece of wood on a old table saw. It has no guards or anything, and I went to turn off the table saw, and I must have lost my balance, and my hand went into the saw. So what did we learn from this? So, what did I learn yes. from this? Um, I learned never to use an old table yeah, saw again. Okay, thank you. Get some guards, man. <laughs> um, yes. I, it's a machine that I'm afraid of to begin with, so I'm always very careful that that what happened happened. But like I said I lost my balance or something. I have no How explanation. About you, said you had to use a Gen X table saw. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. Too far. <laughs> well, glad to have you back. Fish, what's happening, brother? Uh, not too much, man. Busy week at work. Great Father's Day, though. Yes. Uh, Peyton and I went up to the uh, Holden Arboretum up in uh, Kirkland, up in uh, here in Northeast Ohio. Nice. So it's like a nice nature realm type place. Uh, beautiful day, overcast, not too hot. Walked around, saw a lot of nice. It's just beautiful landscaping up there and stuff. That's and they great. have some pretty cool stick uh, stick work exhibits up there to check out. So the structure is made of nothing but woven sticks that an artist came in and awesome. uh, put together last year. So very very cool stuff. Great day. Um, yeah, nice to nice to you know spend time with those that make the day yes, meaningful. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, well, I had a good Father's Day, and uh, I had a How about I had you? a great one myself. Um, my son Steele came down and got me and. <clears throat> Took me to dinner. We went to uh, the, the works up in Chicago Falls there, and just competed and played games and 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 acted like two little kids all day long. And it was something I greatly needed. And uh, you know, it, w- w- with us three, I noticed that Father's Day is 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 all kinds of time. I know uh, Skinner values uh, family time with his kids, family dinners, and all that. You and Peyton are always doing things, you know, and 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 still, and I have been. Parents and sub and best friends for for a while. So, but the day was marked for us fathers, and I had a great day. So glad you guys did too. Uh, even though Skinner did holding his hand up in the cast. <laughs> okay, listen. I know we got some exciting stuff to talk about. Uh, Skinner's got a lot to make up for. So let's get this thing cracking. But first, Fish wearing the Super Friends shirt today. And you're going to tell the people why a little bit later on. So we'll just hold that off. But kill a shirt and uh, tell the people where they can uh, find the show. Yeah, absolutely. So you might be listening to us on WMVU.org, uh, Global Internet Radio, Mondays from 78 p.m. Eastern. You might be listening to us whenever you want to on your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Ask your home assistant device to play the It Came From Gen X podcast, and she will do that for you. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at It Came From Gen X, all one word. All show information is there, links, everything. Our YouTube channel, It Came From Gen X, all videos we put up there of the same show, uh, and also some other fun stuff. We are on Instagram, It Came From Underscore Gen X, Twitter, it looked for it uh, came from Gen X and TikTok. It came from Gen X 330. Look for our logos with the uh, rubber duck monster with the laser shooting out of its eyes. That is us. All this information is packaged nice and neat for you on our Linktree account. Just search Linktree, L-I-N-K, tree. It came from Gen X and our profile will pop up for you. All show links, all information I just mentioned, all right there for you. Uh, check us out. Uh, like us, subscribe, follow, share if you like our stuff. Uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, rate, review the show. Helps others find us. We Please. appreciate your support. Yes, we do. Thank you. Please. Also, rumor has it we are on one of the monitors of some of your finer Greyhound buses. So if you're taking yes. a trip somewhere, you know, uh, see if you can find us there. All right, let's get Absolutely. this party started. How about some world news? Skitter, take it away, baby. Yes, uh, I have one story for us tonight, and it's a doozy, unfortunately. Uh, Overnight last night down in Surfside, Florida, uh, half a building collapsed. Uh, It was an apartment condo complex, and unfortunately, one person has lost their life. Uh, Ten others were hurt at the time that the story broke or that I had researched the story, which was this afternoon. Dozens have been displaced in the next-door hotel. They evacuated 50 rooms mm. uh, due to the destruction of this uh, building collapse. And so <clears throat> our prayers uh, to those folks all affected by this, to these first responders. Uh, we hope safety for them and finding um, all the people that may be buried under the rubble. Um I hate hearing stories like this, and I hate hearing about buildings collapse because it takes me back to April nineteenth, nineteen ninety five. What do you guys doing that during that time? I was watching your girlfriend being born. Oh, <laughs> uh, you probably were. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the Alfred stupid drinking P. Mur- then. Go ahead. Yep. The Alfred P. Murrah Federal yes, Building. Yes. Um was targeted and destroyed by Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. Right. Horrific. Um, At the time, I was in the military. We went on high alert, uh, being a a terrorist-type thing. At At the very beginning, they had no idea who it was. And thankfully, it was only 24, 48 hours. They had Timothy McVeigh under um, custody, and it was shortly after that they got Terry Nichols as well. Um, during that bombing, 168 was killed. There were 680 folks hurt. 258, and this is what blows my mind, 258 nearby buildings were damaged by that blast. Now, this is a small town, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Middle of the plain states, you would think something, it would be New York, L.A., Boston, Chicago, but in a city of uh, Oklahoma City to have to endure this, 
like I said, I remember what it, like it was yesterday when it happened. Um, I just wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were. Like I said, I was in the military, so we were on high alert. And um, our base got locked down. I wasn't allowed to leave. We went on 12-hour shifts, which ended up being 15-hour shifts. I got to go back to sleep for about six, seven hours, and we were back on duty. So um, I remember like it was yesterday. What do you guys recall from that? Cool, Keith. Okay. Uh, well, for me, it's interesting. I remember seeing stuff on the news in, you know, that in 1995, right? I mean, that's, I mean, some people don't even quite sit and seem that long ago, but you know, this is before the days of smartphones and social media and the internet was you know, being prevalent and everything else. So, uh, you know, you pretty much just had all your news sources from the news and uh, newspaper and everything else. So, I mean, I remember hearing all about it and watching it and it was just, it was just, you know, surreal at the time, you know, just it's something like that, uh, that of that larger scale, of terrorism happened in the United States. Obviously, a few years later, we had the catastrophic uh, World Trade Center uh, tragedy. But uh, you know, at the time, certainly, you know, one of the what still is certainly one of the uh, worst uh, uh, acts of terrorism the United States has ever had. So, I'm glad they caught them and there was justice served there. But uh, yeah, just a, a crazy, a crazy period and a very unfortunate. Keith, what what was that date again? April 19th, 1995. 1995. Okay. So, you know, I'm trying to recall the the feeling back then because I don't want to compare that feeling towards terrorism versus our feeling now. We are such a different nation now when it comes to terrorism. Mm -hmm. We've unfortunately have grown accustomed to acts of terror, at least familiar with it, um, and a very... uh, close way um it was it, there was a, a, a eerie feeling uh back then we weren't used to that we we didn't believe that anything like that could happen on u.s soil and i think that shook people to the core uh i can't imagine uh you made a great point skinner in oklahoma so imagine how those people felt they're not used to big things happen in their city if that had been new york or something you know, all kind of things happen there. But in Oklahoma, one of the quietest uh, states, I would imagine that shook people there even more. But I remember this sense of fear. Uh, certainly not, not like 9-11, but that very first sense of fear, like, who would do that here? And then to find out that these guys were Americans. So I, I, that's the way I felt. Now that I'm older and, and, and hopefully wiser, um, I have so many questions about that whole thing. Um, I believe a lot of stuff has been a lot of false flag uh, uh, operations. Um, I'm one of those people that believes 9-11 was an inside job. I believe it was a false flag operation to uh, institute the Patriot Act and to get the NSA to to, to do some things uh, that they normally wouldn't be allowed to do. That's just my belief. And... Uh, I just want to say I feel bad for this, this people in this building because I haven't read the story yet, but for what I understand, the building was scheduled for a total upgrade. And if that's the case, and it collapsed before the upgrade, my God, condolences to that one lost life. I pray that's the only one they find. But man, 
there's going to be some serious, serious uh, litigation going on if that building was scheduled for upkeep and it collapsed before that. So, all right, fellas. Well, that's what I have for today. Um, I thought it was a pretty heavy subject. And for you folks out there, I am not trying to compare what happened last night in Miami, Florida, Surfside, to what happened in Oklahoma. It just... I said, when I saw the building collapse and the pictures from what happened right. last night, took you back there. It immediately took me back to 1995. The of that building, uh, Oklahoma, will, it's one of those images that'll stick in your mind. Uh, exactly. Like and that's why I brought that up. Or Tiananmen, Tiananmen Square, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Okay, well, thanks a lot, Skinner. That's a, a heck of a story. And if that develops more, um, obviously, you can come back next week with a little bit more on that. Um, I'm sure absolutely things that come out in regards to the uh, condition of that building. So keep an eye on that for us. All I will. Right. All right, Fish. What's going on in the world of pop culture, man? You have some good stuff in your production meeting. Pop culture. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, well, you know, again, we every week someone is passing on. It seems like from our mm-hmm. that's of significance to our generation in some way, shape, or form. So. Uh, one of my favorite shows as a kid watching with uh, mom and dad, I know it definitely was one of my moms and still is, uh, WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Frank Bonner, who played the advertising salesman Herb Tarlek, uh, passed away uh, recently at age 79. Um yeah, the show ran four seasons, 78 to 82. It's out there in box mm-hmm. sets. You can find it out there. Uh, I talked about this on the other show, Convincing Idiots with Dean and Nick, and they said it's on Hulu, so you can find it out there as well. So uh, anyway, very good show. Uh, Radio Station Cincinnati decides to change its uh, you know style from whatever it was to rock. Just kind of an interesting array of radio personalities and office personalities meshing. It was kind of a funny show. Howard Hesselman and Lonnie Anderson and others, uh, Tim Reed, Gordon Jump got their you know yes. got their start back then and a very significant role. So I thought he, I thought uh, Frank was very funny on the show. Herb was a great character, uh, funny, outgoing, always sitting on uh, Jennifer Lonnie Anderson. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Were you a fan of Herb, a fan of W.K. in Cincinnati? Keith, did you watch that show? What do you think? I did not. Um, never hmm. cared for the show. Um, I have watched some episodes uh, that I enjoyed, uh, some I didn't care for. I just could not get into the show. Didn't get into the characters. I don't know why. Hmm. I thought maybe one day when I get older, it be one of those shows that once it goes into syndication, you know, I'll Watch it continuously, um, like you know Seinfeld. Never cared for that when it was out. Now I can't stop watching it. Um, things of that nature, but I just uh, never was a fan. And uh, I, I know T- Herb Tarlick. I know the characters, um, and I know he he was something else. But uh, just I don't know. Didn't didn't jive with me. I of course, like all young boys, wanted to see Lonnie Anderson. And uh, okay, at the oh, time yeah. when I was young and. You know, mm-hmm. eyes were bigger than my head, but uh, that, that was pretty much it for me. Skinner? Okay. Well, I remember the show because of my dad. You know, you think 1979, my dad was just turning 30. So he's still a young buck back then. So to watch him watching the show with Lonnie Anderson, you can imagine. Uh, so I want to go back and revisit that um, 
show now that it's on Hulu, like you said. I want to go back and as an adult and watch it again because I don't remember it because I was pretty young. Watch it too. Give it a a really good fair shot. But yeah, during that run, I was ten years old, so I was just coming into my own or getting ready to start puberty. So yeah, that was a show that uh, probably a little bit ahead of my time. So I'd like to go back and watch it. Okay. Well, if you go back and watch it, let me know. I, I bought the box set uh, for the first season for my mom oh, wow. for uh, Mother's Day, and her birthdays were on the same time. And so she has an access. So we, I sat one day and watched a couple episodes with her. Still enjoyed it. Rewatched the pilot and a couple of them. So, yeah, interesting stuff. All right. Uh, a, a late night icon, guys, is retiring. Tonight, so we're, we're shooting this on Thursday, June the 24th. So tonight is the final episode for Conan O'Brien uh, on, is it TBS that he's on there? So, uh, yeah, so many, many years. Conan O'Brien certainly had uh, quite the career. I mean, I've, I, obviously you guys know who he is. He was a writer originally on Saturday Night Live. Uh, got his start there. Uh, got his uh, foot in the door. Yeah, got his foot in the door with uh, late night TV. So if I think it was he was after Dave Letterman, I think for a while, yeah, wasn't he? Yes, after David, the late so. late show mm-hmm. for for a long time, and then he was given the opportunity to host the uh, Tonight Show when Jay Leno uh, kind of stepped back from when his uh, contract first ran out and they had the Jay Leno show for 10 minutes if you remember and then Jay Leno was like hey I'm not ready to retire yet he wanted to come back and do the Tonight Show again so they literally booted Conan off yeah, of the Tonight NBC show Tonight Show <laughs> yes exactly mm-hmm. and then he got a big payout out of all that and the contract and it was kind of very memorable that he was really really making fun of NBC and Jay Leno when he was wrapping yeah, up his time. little stint there and then he eventually jumped over to you know the Conan show on uh, on TBS and he's been there for several uh several years so him and uh his sidekick gosh darn it what's his sidekick um mm. oh no shoot. If I hear it <laughs> Okay, well, we'll, well, I'll I'll look him up here, but uh, though, but those guys had a very unique, you know, as you guys, a very unique partnership, and they were they were partners on the show. So yeah. Conan Andy, gave Andy, equal billing. Andy, Andy Richter, yes. that's it. Andy Richter, that's it. Thank you very much. So uh, definitely redefine that partnership. Uh, Andy was with him all those years as a as a loyal. Uh, co-host really is pretty much what he was. So anyway, so it just, that kind of struck me and I, it's, it's on tonight at 11 PM. I'll probably step, you know, I really haven't watched late night TV a whole bunch, but I'll probably pause tonight, and check that out. So, uh, fans of Conan, uh, not so much. What do you guys think of, uh, Conan O'Brien, Keith? <laughs> wow. I have over two right now. I can't figure out how this guy got a late night show. I don't. <laughs> I don't find him funny whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have yep. never gotten it, uh, and still don't get it. Now, mm-hmm. will I watch the show? Absolutely, because as an adult, I've learned to appreciate moments in history. They're coming and gone. I want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'll never forget. Bet Miller singing to Johnny Carson. 
you know, that, that, yep. that, was, that was a special moment, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it. But, no, I'm just not a fan of Conan O'Brien. I don't like his humor. I, I never found him very funny at all. All right. Skinner, Conan O'Brien. That makes two of us. <laughs> Can't stand the guy. I don't know how he made it into Hollywood to begin with. Uh, but I do have a tidbit of information. Do you know that he is a Harvard Law graduate? Wow. No. Hmm. I actually know a lady lives when I lived in North Royalton. Um, it was a friend of ours. She was she has a Harvard Law degree, and she actually went to school with him. And she said he was a pompous ass then. Couldn't believe that he was on TV. So maybe that's why I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> he is one tall dude too, man. <laughs> yes, he's a tall drink yeah, of water. You know, I. You know, Car- Carson was Carson. Jay Leno had that appeal, you know. How could you not like Jay Leno? And uh, well, what's his name hosting the Tonight Show now? Uh, he's just he's Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Jimmy he's Fallon, funny and unbelievably talented. Probably the most talented uh, late night show host we've ever had. And of course, Letterman I thought was brilliant. Uh, Letterman had that 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 Fisher kind of wit. You know what I'm saying? Just real mm-hmm. dry, snap you. And uh, Conan O'Brien to me, I'm like, what does this guy have that's so funny? But obviously, he's appealed to 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 somebody. He's lasted this long, so you know, I'm not hating. So yeah, I've never been a fan of his, unfortunately. Yeah, I I was trying to reflect it. You you could think of ongoing bits that all those guys had. You know, this reoccurring characters and all that. Mm -hmm. I can't remember a whole bunch of. I know they did that. You know, from the year two thousand, which was kind of funny. They would they shine the flashlights like they were predicting stuff in the year two thousand. And one thing that was funny after the year two thousand, they kept that bit going. It kept saying the year 2000. So that was kind of funny and all that. So there, he had a few things. And he was personable. He was kind of every man guy, but you know, he certainly was very good at making fun of himself. So I thought that was, that's probably one of his main appeals, in my opinion, was that he was very good at the self depreciating humor. Uh, very easy to talk to, it seemed like, with the guests and everything. I don't know. But one of the best things about that show, in my opinion, was the ongoing bit with Paul Rudd, where Paul Rudd would come on. You can find this on YouTube. If you're a, a remote fan, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, Paul Rudd would come on at, since his first appearance, and he would set up a clip. And he would always show this ridiculous clip of this very horrible movie, Mac and Me, which is a knockoff of E.T., and it's the same clip of this kid flying down a hill in a wheelchair. This little boy loses control. It's the brake, the brake, brake, and the kid flies off a cliff and lands in this water. It's a crazy scene, and the alien winds up rescuing him and all that, but every setup for 20 years or whatever it was, Paul Rudd would come on that show, and he got big, obviously, with Ant-Man and everything else, another movie. Same clip, Every single time. And Paul Rudd came on as a surprise guest this week, set up a great bit, mm. hit him with it. And Paul Rudd is so great. Anyway, check that out. Only, Paul Rudd only did that on Yeah, go check that out, the, the last Mac and Me appearance. But there's a whole collage of these. Okay. The, the, the Paul Rudd bits on Conan well, O'Brien. Well, bidding, bidding year, farewell. So. Wasn't a fan, but hey, man, you lasted a long yeah. time. And congratulations yeah. on that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, enough of that. Another uh, uh, iconic movie uh, celebrating, seems like a newer movie still, when you talk about some of these movies, so 30 years 
uh, reunion for Thelma and Louise was uh, last mm-hmm. week. So, uh, so Susan Sarandon and Gina Davis uh, got back together, and there's great, great pictures of them online. Look it up. They're in the uh, 1966 uh, convertible that they had in the movie. Both ladies look phenomenal. Uh, Susan Sarandon is 74 years of age. She, you know, you can't tell looking at her. But uh, yeah, so just I, it's hard to believe it. In, that movie was 1991 already. So Thelma and Louise fan, what do you think of that movie? Have you ever seen it? Uh, let's go to Skinner this time. Well, I think of Thelma and Louise. I think they put redheads back on the map again. <laughs> truthfully, really, I thought your daughters. You think that, about but... the supermodels in the 70s and 80s. 70s was a, a bunch of blondes. In the 80s, it was all brunettes. Mm-hmm. So they come out 1991, and the sex appeal and the whole thing that that movie had, he had two redheads, both of them very good looking women. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think Brad Pitt got his start with that movie, didn't he? I believe that's well, that at was, least one of his earlier movies at the very It least. was one of his earlier, he was a co star, so he wasn't the main co star like he obviously is nowadays, but. Yeah, I think he got a start. So it was a great movie. I remember it. I should probably go back and watch it again. Uh, I was always a Gina Davis fan, and I've watched Susan Strandon over the years. Um, I'm a big fan of her husband, uh, Tim. Um, he was on Robin, Shawshank Redemption. Robin Robbins? Tim Robbins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tim Robbins. So I've, I've watched their careers as they go on, and um, always always love Susan Strandon. You're right. 74 years old, she don't look a day over 50. Yep. Um, so, but that's my memory for the show or for that movie. All right. Keith hated it. No, just kidding. (laughs) 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 No, that was a great movie. I've not seen it in a long time. Um, probably need to revisit that, uh, since it has a anniversary. Um, I love the movie. Big fan of Susan Sarandon. Uh, well, and Gina Davis for that matter, just huge, huge fans. Um, what I think about that movie, uh, what I think that movie did. Okay, guys, you know, uh, our fourth partner who hasn't been on the show yet. Uh, well, one appearance, uh, John Cooper. Uh, you know, we've been calling each other road dog for over 30 years now. And men have always had that, you know, my dog uh, partner type thing. I think Thelma mm-hmm. and Louise kind of gave girls a sense of that. You know, that the girls, this is my partner, this is my ride or die, this is my my road dog. And, and you notice the, the the lingo of girls and their best friends changed after that movie. You heard a lot of Thelma and Louise references in TV shows and comedies and things like that. But I think that movie gave women a sense of partnership rather than competition. Um, you know, when you have a best friend um, that you would go over a cliff with and Though it was a tragic end, I think it did something good for ladies and their frame of mind with their friends. Yeah, I agree with you. Very empowering for women. Yeah. Like you say, it took that. We had a lot of buddy-buddy movies, to your point, mm-hmm. uh, guys through, for throughout the years. And I, that's yeah. the first, at least I can remember, yeah, absolutely. like you say, that was for along the same line as... Uh, uh, for women as, it, as all these buddy-buddy movies are for guys. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. So, okay. Yeah, I same deal. I haven't watched it in a long time. I, I'm interested to go back and check it out and, and see if I am as, as entertained. Probably will be. So, okay. Another movie that celebrated 32 years yesterday, Batman, the original Batman from Tim Burton, 1989 already. Mm. 
uh, crazy to think it's been that long ago. I actually went back and watched it last night on the front porch. Uh, it's still entertaining, holds up. Jack Nicholson, great as the Joker. Michael Keaton, great as Batman. Yeah. So uh, Michael Keaton is coming back to reprise the role yes. of at least Bruce Wayne in the new Flash movie. Mm-hmm. You can see pictures of that out there now as kind of a Flashpoint type thing where there's alternate timelines and stuff like that. So don't know if he's going to actually appear as Batman or not just yet. You can see a picture of Michael Keaton wearing a suit as Bruce Wayne, but interesting there. Uh Kind of on that same vein with Batman 89, one of the stories back then that never was fully realized was Billy D. Williams played Harvey Dent uh, in the couple Tim Burton Batman yes. movies. It never was realized as Two-Face, oh, yeah. so I guess they had they planned to do it in the in the sequel but just never got there they had to they rewrote it or whatever it was but there's a comic book series coming out Lord, this summer from dc comics <laughs> yeah they did just it's it's too bad yeah right? uh so there's a limited series coming out from dc comics six issues batman 89 where it picks up the storyline with the michael keaton batman and billy d williams harvey dent does become Two-Face in the comics, so you get to see an artist rendition, at least, of Billy D. Williams as Two-Face in the series. Looks very cool. And they're also doing another series, Superman 78, with Christopher Reeve as, you know, the mm-hmm. Superman character, Gene Hackman, Hackman, excuse me, as Lex Luthor and all that. So, anyway, interested for these limited series, interested to see the storyline continue. So, Fans of the original Batman, are you interested also in this comic series to see the storyline continue? Or, nope, that's all in the past. Let's move on, and we're ready for the new Batman storyline. What do you guys think of the Batman 89 movie and uh, limited series? Keith, what do you think? I'll take Batman, eat the cheesesteak. I don't care. I'm all things Batman. Give me Batman Mm -hmm. cartoon. Give me Batman movie. Give me Batman retread story i don't care i'll take it uh i am not a big fan of tim burton style of films but it fits so well with the batman series i think it got a little hokey what uh the, the latter two films but still oh, yeah just the, the feel of it it was more dark night than batman you got to be a comic book fan to understand the difference um just uh, the look, the look of Gotham City, even the Batmobiles, you know, it was just really, really awesome. And of course, uh, Michael Keaton really nailed the part. But um, yeah, I'm really interested to seeing it. Um, you guys know I'm a huge old comic book collector. I haven't collected in years, still have thousands of them. But I was wondering what, why they never realized that story with Two Face. Um, obviously, they went two different directions. Uh, with Mr. Freeze, the Penguin. Well, no, I'm sorry, not Freeze. They went with the Penguin, Catwoman. Right. And then uh, what was the other one? Uh, poison, did poison, poison Ivy with Uma yeah, Thurman. And then Mr. You're right, Mr. Freeze and the... And the was that Tim Burton, too? Yeah, the, oh. they, actually, you know what? I take that back. So they did bring in Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face with Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Right. Oh, that yeah. With yep. They did do that. Okay, yes, yep. That's yep, right. Yep. Yeah, Val Kilmer was Batman. Uh, Jim Carrey yeah. ruined that movie. He was so over the top. I'm like, dude, tone <laughs> it down a notch, man. He could have, he was so perfect for that role. And he yeah. just dialed it up to 11, man, and stayed on 11. It was too much. It was just like, ah, back it down a little bit, man. Way too much Jim Carrey. 
And uh, I thought Tommy Lee Jones did a great job too, but he he was over the top. That whole movie yeah. was a little bit over the top. Could have been great. Got corny and hokey. Uh, viewing wise, the colors, the cinematography was beautiful, man. Uh, just some of the things they did was awesome. I love the just the giant statues in Gotham City and all that stuff. But yeah. I'm interested in seeing what what they do with this. Yeah, I'll take anything, Batman. Cool, Skinner. What do you think? Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, you, funny you mentioned Dark Knight because I watched Batman Begins today. I uh, hadn't seen that one for a while. That was back in 2005, if you can believe it's been that yeah. long. Are the original uh, Dark Knight movie with um, Christian Bale. Oh, yeah, good one. Which I thought he was probably one of the best Batmans we've had. Really? Uh, I really enjoyed his rendition. I do. I, I do. I, I enjoyed it when it came out, but the more I got used to it, uh, that voice is so ridiculous. <laughs> you, you know who, in my opinion, not to cut you off, Skinner, but in my opinion, who was the best Batman of all? My opinion, the best one was the guy when they announced it. I had a I was like, I know you're not casting this moron as Batman. And he killed it. And that was uh in the most recent uh Justice League Ben Affleck, ben Affleck nails it. He makes you he think? makes a brilliant Bruce Wayne and an awesome Batman. He was huh. actually fine. Yeah, yeah, when I went back and rewatched or not rewatched, we watched the new Justice League cut. I'm yeah. like Yeah, he's it's it yeah, it wasn't his fault. And you're right. He was a good. He was. That's the key, right? So yeah. if, if someone could play a good Bruce yeah. Wayne and a good Batman, you know, Keaton did that well in his own way. And the Christian Bale, I thought, was a decent Bruce Wayne. That's really the key. So yeah, we'll see what uh, Robert Pattinson does with it. But uh, yeah, and I'll see. Yeah, I'm interested I'm with that one. Think about that at all. He just too yeah. slight a build. I, I don't know. We'll see. Might be a new take on it. We like. Go ahead, Skid. I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. That's okay. It's interesting you say Ben Affleck because I, while I like Ben Affleck, a lot of his movies have been bombs. You know, that guy couldn't catch a break if uh, he snapped his arm in half. Um, but I remember taking the girls to see him Batman versus Superman, and I got I got after that movie, and I'm like, yeah, he did okay. I think he played the part well. And like you said, there's two two characters. You got Batman and Bruce Wayne. And I think you're right. Christian Bale did really well with Bruce Wayne, but he had some issues with Batman. Um, I think Michael Keaton was really good too. So uh, both. take your pick. Um, so, but I were a fan of the Dark Knight series, the storylines. I really enjoyed those. I, I do want to revisit 1989. And um, if I can get the comic book, certainly I would love to have those. Yeah, coming out this summer. I want to show a quick on video, so it's hard to see. This is on my shelf behind me in my basement. So this is a Riddler okay. McDonald's glass. No kidding. With Jim Carrey, it's as Riddler. I have the whole little series here that they came out with back wow. then. So they had uh, they had the Riddler, they had Batman, they had Robin, and then they had Two Face. Uh, you had to go to McDonald's and buy. I don't know what you had to buy, but it's a it's actual glass. We here at Gen X do not promote people over fifty eating McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. So, and here's the here's the here's the Batman glass wow, here. It's, again, it's hard, hard to see on video, but I got these in the basement. That's so, anyhow, cool. all right. Yeah, it is old. You find them in. I literally saw them in antique stores recently. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, so Batman eighty nine. Go check it out. Re- revisit. Check out the comic book series. And last thing I got here. Speaking of sort of old comic book stuff, you mentioned my T shirt here. I'm wearing an old Super Friends yes. retro shirt. Uh, just started streaming on HBO Max. Also within the last week, 
all episodes of all variations of the Super Friends cartoon show, starting from the 1973, I think it was, with, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, not, is it even before the Wonder Twins? Yeah. These teenage Marvin and, yeah. uh, and the, and the, uh, the, the super dog, yeah, whatever uh-huh. it was, and the girl. And uh, then it graduated up to the uh, Wonder Twins. Challenge of the Super Wonder yes. Twins and the Challenge of the Super Friends versus the Legion of Doom. Those are my right. favorite personally. Me too. So, there's a there's a series of these I haven't even watched that went into the 80s. So I'm I'm interested to go back and relive some of these, check these out. I thought they were a lot of fun. Uh I mean to me too as a kid. That guy, I I can't remember the guy's voices, but the the guy that did the Superman voice back then of that cartoon, that in my head Uh, is one of the best. uh, I think I might be wrong. I think it's Gary. I remember the guy very well who it was. He worked glasses. But you know the voice. Yes. If, oh, yes. If you are if you are our age, Gen X, and you, you think of the Superman cartoon back in the 70s, 80s, you know exactly what this guy's voice sounds like. Luthor, you know, yes. Lex Luthor, Superman, you know. it's Lex And then Luthor. the guy that played, yeah, the guy that was Batman was terrific. And you know, uh, the famous Casey Kasem, Casey Kasem was yes. Robin in those series back then. And they're all great, great actually. Voices. Wonder yes. Woman, Aquaman, all those voices were so good back then. Great voice actors. Uh, so just a, a great, great fun. So were you guys fans of the Super Friends cartoon? Do you plan to go back and revisit some of these uh, old shows if you have HBO Max? Well, hang on a second while I put my ear back on my head. Boy, you lose a thumb. That's lose a blooper reel. I just knocked my headset off. <laughs> Jeez. Come on, man. You're falling apart on the skinner. Uh, yeah, and, and dealing with one hand is just makes it impossible at times. I hear you. Well, while he gets Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, man, absolutely. Um, watching that takes me back to maybe the happiest time of my life. Yeah. Uh, Saturday yeah. morning, a bowl of cereal, yeah. and watching that. You you can't get any happier than that. Not a care in the world, no responsibilities, and um, your imagination running wild watching superheroes. I loved all of it, especially, like you said, the Talents of the Super Friends versus the Legion of Doom. Of course, when mm-hmm. uh, that series is when they got, I got to see my first black superhero. Uh, it was called what? Black Vulcan? Black Light? Black, black Lightning? lightning it was a black Lightning? Black- uh, yeah, it was Black Lightning. Yeah. And uh, yeah. man, it was just awesome, awesome. And just to kind of piggyback off that, I tell you what, guys, if you haven't seen the show Black Lightning on the CW, it just ended after four seasons. Oh yeah. One yeah. of the best shows I've ever seen on TV, um, especially for a superhero show. It was in Hokey. It was this, this real life family dealing with these issues in a black community. And uh, it, it was awesome, man. I was blown away. I was sad to see the series in. But if you haven't seen Black Lightning, go on Netflix and check it out. But yeah, great stuff, man. Can't wait to watch Super Friends again to take me back in time. Very good. Skinner, Super Friends? I have a different one because I didn't get to watch them much back when we were growing up. I was, when I was old enough to walk, I was old enough to throw a bowling ball down the lane. So always on Saturday mornings, I was at the bowling alley. So I didn't get I didn't get the same experience as you guys. Yeah, like I said, I think I threw my first ball at like two and a half years old. I mean, I was... Wow. Um, big into bowling before uh, I went into the military. I actually bowled for the Air Force. 
and um, bowled for the University of Akron. At one point, I was bowling like 150 games a week. How we've been friends all these years, and I never knew you were a bowler. And a good one is that. No kidding. Yeah, me and Fisher bowled together when we were younger. Wow. Down at the old Kimball Lanes across from Menace Junior High School. His dad was my coach before I even really knew who Skinner was back then. Oh, yeah, Yeah. folks, we're good friends. (laughs) It's funny, right behind me here on the shelf, you can see it behind me here. Yeah, I see it. The bowling trophy right here. That's the bowling trophy I got at Kimball Lanes with uh, David Skinner as my my coach back then with handicap. I was a terrible bowler, but I had a couple (laughs) great games with my handicap. I just, you know, I probably had a 400 series. You know what I'm talking about. It was that bad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah years later, after we reconnected after high school, I f- had some pictures that run across that my dad was given, and it was one with Fisher sitting out there with his bowling trophy, sitting out there in the yeah, lane. I bowled 79, normally so. Yep, there you go. But uh, anyway, so I didn't have the uh, same uh, experience as you guys did Saturday morning with the cereal bowl um, because of that. But, you know, during the summertime I did, I was able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I, bowling was my life back then. So, but I got to watch the cartoons on Saturday mornings when I wasn't outside playing in the yard. So, okay. All right. So, I don't know if you ever answered our question, but that's okay. We're going to move right along. <laughs> we know you can so, bowl. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keith, Danny Dark. Danny Dark was Superman for all those years. Danny Dark. Uh, 12 okay. Years Who am I was thinking his name, of then? So. I don't know, but the guy had glasses, so it's who it's who he okay. dis- who he's describing. Remember so. name, but yeah, I remember he had glasses. Yeah. Yep. So anyhow, okay. So Super Friends, we'll check it out in the Hall of Justice. Yes. So Skinner or Skinner, excuse me, Keith. What do you got in the world of uh, sports and music, sir? Sports. Okay, guys. Let's start off with sports because. Big, big news going on in the uh, NCAA. Uh, as I know you guys have uh, seen the uh, huge Ponzi scheme scandal mm-hmm. uh, going on uh, down in Miami, is it? Is that the one? Are you talking about the ruling? What oh, are you no, talking hold about? On. I'm, reading, I'm talking about the wrong one here. I'm thinking about uh, okay. the, uh, uh, Shapiro there. Um the Supreme yeah, Court, the Supreme ruling, Court ruling on that whole deal. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. I I don't want to be so much of a uh, of a news reporting uh, show because we're a Gen X show. So I, I just kind of wanted to go back in time a little bit and talk about uh, some of the other uh, Ponzi schemes, things that happened uh, when we were growing up. And I don't know if you guys remember back in. Uh, 2011. Uh, it was a uh, University of Miami football team. There was a guy by the name of Nelson Shapiro who was convicted of running the biggest Ponzi scheme um, uh, ever, really. $930 million worth. And you guys might remember this. Yeah, was taking players, giving them cash, cars, but what blew the whistle was they had a boat and a full of Miami football players, University of Miami football players, and prostitutes, and the two live crew. Was, That's right. They, they, they were on the boat <laughs> jamming, singing all kind of nasty songs, and this whole thing just blew up all over the news. And uh, 
it's led to one of the biggest arguments that have gone on from then till now. Should college players be compensated? So uh, the, the whole Ponzi scheme thing, that story that broke, uh, actually, I don't even have my notes here on that one. Does anybody have their notes on that one? Well, basically what it was, it's just, uh, I remember at a high level, it's uh, the the Supreme Court ruled for, is that what you mean? What the yes, ruling was? Ruling. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the, the Supreme Court ruled that uh, for elite athletes that they are allowed to receive other types of educational payments okay it's 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 educational okay, type okay, payments so they, okay. they are eligible for yeah they are eligible for different uh, scholarships and graduate uh, scholarships right. and money right. and stuff like that but what they're saying is uh, uh, it does open the door for future rulings on this to where and they basically said um, uh, you know it was Kavanaugh Judge Kavanaugh right. uh, on the Supreme Court basically said it more or less what he says this is this would not fly in a in a business right it's just how the it's just these rules don't make any sense and you know college tries to say well you know we compensate them with scholarships and everything else but you know these elite athletes you know they they the schools and the whole ncaa programs we know benefits from you know bowl games and tv and everything else so it's it's progressing and there's also laws that's going to be starting in various states florida is one of them and a few other ones where the state law will allow the student athletes to make money from their likenesses. So these kids will be able to okay. uh, sell autographs. They'll be able to do like, uh, you know, uh, camps and things like that. And now other people are saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. If you're not doing this at a national level, are you going to create an, uh, uh, so are some elite it's athletes? Going to be so maybe I'm considering, yeah, the I'm considering Ohio open. State and Florida, yeah. right? But I can go to Florida and uh, make more money today. I may be more prone to do that. So all these things are changing in the college it's game gonna be here nuts. as we And it's going to change it. the motivation mm-hmm. for some college players too. Are you playing sure. to get to the pros? Are you playing to make what you can right now? In college, you, That's know, right. you have a lot of players who That's are right. great in college that have no intention of going to the pros or are not pro uh, style players. You know, we have, look right. at all the players who right. are Heisman winners, but they have nothing in the pros. So this is going to be real interesting. So you have the, the 2011 University of Miami thing. And I wanted to go back even a little bit further. If you guys remember the one of the biggest uh uh, stories ever um, as far as compensating players. And that was back in the uh, 1987 year we graduated of uh, SMU, Southern Methodist University, the hottest college football team in the country. Uh, Eric Dickerson. Yeah, man, they had a backfield you wouldn't believe with uh, Eric Dickerson and uh, was it Craig? He's a, he's a host now, but anyway, uh, man, two awesome running backs. The, they were giving away cars. They were giving away cash. They were giving away women. And, of course, they got hit with, like, the biggest penalty in the history of college sports known as the death penalty. Kills all your scholarships. Just kills everything. Which really uh, isn't fair to a lot of other athletes, but I don't think they'll ever do that again. But the argument started back then, continued 2011, and now with this new ruling, um, you guys think players should they be compensated? Uh, is there any way to legislate this fairly? Who should be compensated? How much versus this player who doesn't play at all 
What do you guys think, Skitter? Well, as you guys know, I'm a big college football fan, um, particularly Ohio State. So, you know, the the old argument is, is they are getting paid to play football. They're getting a full-ride scholarship. They're getting degrees as long as they're keeping their grades up. They have full room and board for the time that they're at their university. And then you've got the others that say, well, you've got guys that are going to play in the NFL. Why can't they make money now? So you got the old um, autographs and signing mm-hmm. pictures and things of that nature. So I'm on the fence, truthfully. Yeah, I know um, what you mean. But, but why is it okay for the top-notch running back to be able to get some kind of compensation outside of his tuition room and board, but the offensive lineman that's not going to make it to the pros, why he doesn't get the same benefit, even though at the end of the day, they both have full ride scholarships getting the same compensation from the school itself. Yeah. That's a really good question. Does that make sense? I I get what you're saying. And I totally understand what you mean about being on the fence. Uh, We're going to talk about this in a minute. Fish, yeah, I, I just think you just have to, and I know they've asked for this. Some schools and you know the NCA may have they've asked for this too. Just just regulate it at a federal level. Just set some guidelines across the nation. I mean, to me, if a kid, you got to you got to do it right. You know, you, you I, I don't think you should still allow if as like a local you know car dealership, let's say that's going to try to recruit a kid to their local school and give him cars and things like that to try to get him to go to school there because that's these are things that get an unfair advantages and all that but once you once you're at a school if you have a jersey with your name on it for example and they sell that jersey you should give the kids some money from that right you, you guys are making tons of money. let the kids do autographs just set the rules let every kid do it not every kid's going to be able to make money doing that not every kid's going to be popular but the elite athletes will all have the same opportunity regardless what school they go to to make money in a certain way helps them, helps their family, whatever. Just regulate it. Let the kids benefit a little bit because certainly college sports in general, basketball, football especially, are just cleaning house and TV ratings and bowl games and advertising right, and all that crap. Right. Pass them on to the kids and their families. and Because it, it, also there's kids that, like you say, they're, they're not going to make the pros. Mm. This is their opportunity to try to make some money mm. right now. In college. Yeah, to get the free education. That's huge. Because, yeah. you know, certainly we would all love to have that for our right. kids. But, uh, yeah, just regulate it. All right. That's all. Keith, what do you well, think? Well, here, here's my problem. Uh, we talk about they're getting a free education. A lot of them are not there for an education. They're yeah. there to play football, play basketball. Um Throwing away an educational spot, if you ask me. So, um, it kind of angers me a little bit, you know, and I'm saying, this is your opportunity. You should make the most of it. If you're just there to play sports or whatever, then that's your problem. You kind of threw it away. But on the other hand, when you're seeing all these other people making billions of dollars off your name and off your likeness, that's just not right. And just call it, call it what it is. It's not right. Now, here's where I have a problem with, fellas. The rules are so stupid now. Uh, I forget who it was, but it was one kid who had to go to a funeral, and he didn't have a suit. Mm. And an alumni bought him a suit to go to a funeral, and boom, he was ineligible because of that. That's when I the stupid stuff comes in for me. That's like that's utterly ridiculous. 
So I think they have to have, like you said, federal guidelines. But I think the schools, the individual schools, have got to get some common sense involved here and say, listen, this is what we're going to do. Plus, you got a lot of kids, man, who can ball, come from some poor backgrounds and some poor uh, family situations, and they get to college and they have absolutely nothing. So if they have an opportunity to make some money, like I said, off the autograph, off your likeness, we got to figure something out because the problem is this. This is where the big problem comes in. Once you make a dollar, your amateur status is gone. That's the problem. You're supposed to be in college. You're supposed to be academic. If you make money, that's called a, being a professional. So that's where we got a big problem, Matt. So what's the answer? I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be a big problem. So interesting to see how the floodgates open with this new ruling and, and what happens here. I'm sure we'll be revisiting this story down the road. Oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, okay, guys, we're also in sports. I'm looking at the NBA playoffs. Tell me how familiar are these names? The Phoenix Suns, the LA Clippers. Charles Barkley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Moses that's Malone. The last time. The Phoenix Suns, LA Cup, Dan Marley. Uh, Mil- Dan Marley. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Atlanta Hawks. Really? The Atlanta, you heard me, the Atlanta Hawks. These are your last four teams in the NBA Finals. We saw LeBron probably fall apart physically more than we ever had. We don't know if that's the writing on the wall or not. <laughs> Certainly, he's not getting any younger. Um, Golden State has all kind of issues going on. We don't know. And, uh, of course, Cavaliers are not even worth talking about. But also, uh, the Mavs are, are, are not what they anything what they used to be. Um, the Pacers haven't been anything in the years. Boston Celtics have disappointed us these last few years. We thought they would be an eventual champ. Unfamiliar teams, unfamiliar names. Trey Young. I remember when Trey Young got drafted a couple years ago. I said, this skinny kid is not going to make it in the NBA. Boo. Apology. Man, was I wrong. Mm-hmm. To lighten it up mm-hmm. for Atlanta. Uh, unbelievable, man. When you see the class he was drafted with, I thought he would. Uh, he was drafted in the same class as uh, what's his name down in uh, with the Pelicans, uh, Zion Williams. And uh, this is just amazing what this kid is doing. It's kind of a writing on the wall. Do you guys think uh, this is the that time in history where there's a shift in sports, especially well, basketball, particularly where the old guard is passing away? We saw. Uh, Magic and, and Bird and all those guys pretty much fade off and handed reigns over to a Michael Jordan and uh, uh, guys like that. Uh, Reggie Miller. Do you think it's that time again where we're saying, you know, see you later to LeBron, see you later to, well, maybe not so much Steph Curry, but some of the other guys and handing the league over to the Kevin Durant and the younger players like Trey Young. You think it's that time, Fish? Yeah, and it's, it's certainly shaping up that way. I mean, these teams that's still in it, uh, these three of them, you know, so certainly Phoenix. Well, Chris Paul's there for Phoenix. I'm, so I'm, I'm happy for, for him. So happy for, for him Paul, to get yeah. there. Yeah, because he was sort of cast away, and then he's really, yeah. uh, you know, and, and hasn't even been able to play the last two games with uh, COVID uh, precautions. Yeah, and he can't so stay he healthy back. for nothing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's, but these are some of the young talent. With Giannis on Milwaukee, yeah. uh, signing a long-term, uh, and like you say, Trey Young for Atlanta. 
I think it's great. That's I mean, awesome. I think it's great. And, it's, it's, and for these markets, too, these are teams that these poor fans of fans oh. of these teams for years and years and years, they just haven't sniffed yeah. the NBA finals well, in a long time. I tell you time. what, so, you look at, you, know, you got Phoenix, other than the Clippers, uh, Phoenix, Milwaukee, and Atlanta. These are three markets that couldn't put a super team together for nothing. And to see them sure. in the finals is awesome. Uh, all these guys, you know, controlling where they go, teaming up together, you know, the Brooklyn Nets, the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. It's it's sickening to see, you know, because I, I would have thought the Milwaukee Bucks would never get nowhere near uh, NBA Finals. So I hope to see them make it. I hope to see Chris Paul there. You're absolutely right. Good good for these markets, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Skinner? Yeah, I, I can, can't disagree with what Fisher said. These these uh, cities been starving for years, and not just in basketball, but as other sports too. Atlanta, for one, they, the Braves haven't done anything as far as the World Series since the nineties. Um, you've got the Atlanta Falcons in football that have gotten close, but they've fallen oh, off there at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, they're starving for something. So good How for them. Milwaukee. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee's a team that hasn't been anywhere. Anywhere. You know, they've got the Green Bay Packers up there, but Old yeah, Milwaukee beer. That's all they got. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, I haven't watched two minutes of basketball this year. I'm going to be honest. But when he told me who's still in the or who's still left, I think thought that was a good thing for the NBA. It needed to be that way. And it's not these super teams. Yeah, not that's the what I like to. It's like, yeah. This, all these super teams are out. These are these yep. are teams are building with their their young talent and people around them. All these teams, but like, yeah, LA like is closest to, to a quote unquote super like team. Like it used to yeah. be. Yes, yeah. that's so great. I really love what Giannis has done in Milwaukee. Uh, they've built that team. They keep getting closer and closer and closer, and uh, add pieces. And uh, I certainly would love to see Chris Paul get his just due. This poor guy has been traded away, hobbled by injury. Um, I don't know how the commissioner did it to him when he was getting traded to the Lakers and they blocked it uh, that one year. I don't know what that was all about, but uh, I mm-hmm. hope I'd like to see him and uh, Giannis get to the finals. That would be great. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So while we're talking about uh, old guard fading away, uh, guys, we're old enough now that we've seen uh, some ret- retirements of some of the greatest players uh, of all time. Um, who was the the person, or not the saddest person you've seen go, but your fondest memory of somebody saying goodbye uh, who was on one of your favorite teams? Uh, Fish, can you think of anybody offhand? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, I have a few to come to mind, but, uh, you know, Larry Bird for me, Absolutely. as I talked about before, one of my favorite players. I hate, I, I, it was sad for me that he was not able to go out to how he preferred to with his terrible back at the time, but. Uh, he was able though to play in the uh, on the dream team. It was really cool to see him and Magic and mm-hmm. Michael get yeah. a chance to play together, and that seemed to rejuvenate him for a little bit there. So, uh, would like to see him go out uh, better, but uh, you know, very, very moving, very nice uh, ceremony with him and Magic. Yeah. All that was uh, very memorable for, yeah, was for awesome. me. So, Larry Bird, All right, Skinner. Yeah. One of mine I felt bad for was Dan Marino. You know, I wasn't a Miami yeah. Dolphins yes. fan. Yes, but to watch him. Retire, not getting that Super Bowl, uh, to me, really hurt. I felt for him, I should say. Uh, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game, but yet never sniffed a Super Bowl or a championship. 
His last so game that, was a playoff demolish. Yeah. He got demolished, yeah. I think, by Jacksonville or somebody stupid. Yeah. Like yeah. That. yeah, so yeah, you're right. That was yeah. a shame. I, yeah. I got two that stick in my mind. Um, Magic coming back to play that All-Star game. Uh, yes. That was Incredible. that was an, an uh, unbelievable moment. Uh, I know some mm-hmm. of the players didn't want to play with him because of the HIV scare and all that yep. stuff. But uh, just the way the players embraced him and him come back and do that and got off like he did, that was a real special moment for me. And, of course, to yep. see the bus uh, retire in his hometown in Detroit, uh, winning a Super Bowl. He wasn't the predominant back. He had one pretty good run. But just to see him get there um, after blowing it the year before, and Roethlisberger calling him saying, if you come back one more year, I promise you I'll take you to the Super Bowl. And he did and retired in his hometown. Uh, I watched that guy from the beginning of his career. It was, so that was great for me. So, okay. So moving over, a couple minutes in music. Music. Well, just a couple of things, guys. Uh, not much going on this, uh, this day of music, but relating to Gen X. But a couple of birthdays, Mick Fleetwood. Born in 1947 on this day, 73 years old. And Kurt Smith, from one of the great video bands of our generation, Tears for Fears, was born on this day. Guys, mm-hmm. Tears for Fears, fans, fish. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Every, everybody wants to rule the world. One of the all decade 80s song, 100%. Yep. Yeah, Skinner? Yep. Yeah, I hear a guy play that on a instrument called Dulcimer. A uh, hammered Dulcimer. We've yeah. seen him on Facebook. The guy's incredible. He plays Tears for Fears. So, yeah, that's a band that will never get old. That song will go into infamy. Yeah, don't forget Shout. That's another great one. Shout's yeah. another one, yeah. And also, a little bit more Mick Fleetwood. Uh, he has asked uh, uh, Lindsey Buckingham to come back. Mick Fleetwood was 73 years old. They fired Lindsey Buckingham three years ago. They asked him to come back for one more hurrah. I'd like to see a big Fleetwood Mac fan. You, Fish? Absolutely love the love that band. Rumors still one of greatest the greatest albums. rock yes. albums of all time, start to finish. Super talented, all the way you around. You can go your own way. Favorite song to play when I'm with a band, Skinner. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I would like to see it happen. I think us need to go see it if they come around here. Cool, sure. Tickets probably a thousand dollars. So probably. Okay. Hey, I want to say hey, thank you to everybody who came out to the Vortex last week to see me with the Diamond Phillips band. Uh, last week to System 303, two of the best local bands I've ever heard. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was a great show. They've asked us to come back and headline a Christmas show. I don't know what happened with that, but stay tuned for that. So, uh, Fish, why don't you take us out this time, Aaron? All right, well, thanks for tuning in. So, for uh, Keith Porter, Michael Skinner, I'm Brian Fisher. Uh, thank you for tuning in again to It Came From Gen X. Find us on Facebook at It Came From Gen X. And we appreciate your support. Stay strong and gnarly, Gen X. Hey, thumb boy, why don't you get a guard? (laughs) Take care, fellas. We'll see you next week, folks. All right. Take care.